Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Gold Line Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Cipher, also known as No Huddle NFL on TikTok and Instagram. That is No Huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces. Also available on Twitter at No Huddle NFL with an underscore at the end. That is again at No Huddle NFL with an underscore at the end. No capitals and no spaces yet again. I'm hoping that we only have one more episode that isn't on a Wednesday. I know for about the past month, my schedule has been off with uploading these episodes, but that's because I've been featuring on a lot of people's shows. The draft was on a Thursday, so I didn't want to do an episode on a Wednesday. You know, just a bunch of stuff. Also, AP's coming up. I take AP Bio, and, you know, I, I know that there's harder APs than that, but... It's still a lot of studying, a lot of stuff you need to memorize. So I've been, you know, kind of hitting the books a lot recently. Also essays and just the school year ending up. I'm a junior in high school and that most people agree that's the hardest part out of all of your years of education before college. Most people agree on that. And then the end of it. Oh, my God. The end of it. It's terrible because you got finals. APs. You would think that classes that give you APs don't also give you finals, but apparently it's like a state rule or something that these schools won't just give you the AP in May, but then they'll also give you a final, which is absurd. Absurd. Uh, It makes no sense to me how that's even remotely necessary. But yeah, I've just been really overwhelmed with schoolwork and featuring on other people's shows. I've still been getting an episode out every week, and I've still been posting a lot on TikTok, too. But, you know, I'm really just, I'm going to get everything back to normal soon. Expect, like, maybe one more week of an episode just dropping on a Friday instead of a Wednesday. But if you want to know when it's coming, want to know the exact date the episode is dropping, the exact time, follow my Twitter, turn on notifications, and you get that alert instantly. All right? So... Yeah, this episode, if you read the title, you would know it is just going to be me for the first time in a while, by the way. I, I think the past like six episodes I've had a guest on, so that that's great. And I plan to come back at you guys with some more guest episodes in the future. But this week, we're trying something a little bit different. The entire episode is just going to be my post-draft power rankings. I did this last year, and I had the Chiefs at one. And even though I didn't have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl that year, I still had the Chiefs as number one. So I think I deserve at least a little bit of credit. I normally try and avoid tooting my own horn, but everyone was saying, oh my God, the Chiefs, they might not even make the playoffs. The AFC West is so stacked. And then they went on to win the Super Bowl. I saw that coming. I even said there, and I was called an idiot for this, but I said on that episode that the Chiefs offense is going to be scarier without Tyreek Hill than with him because of all the depth that they had at receiver. Instead of just having a one-trick pony, or I don't want to call Tyreek a one-trick pony, but instead of having one really, really elite, high-caliber receiver, they just had like six good receivers that were all could do different things, and you had to worry about all of that stuff. And then they just ended up adding Nicole Hardman on top of all that. So I got a lot of hate for saying that, but I mean, what are people saying now? People are saying that exact thing. This Chiefs offense is scarier now than they were with Tyreek Hill, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I I said that. Now, again, I try and avoid tooting my own horn, but I just want to say 
there's a lot of credibility to what I'm going to say in this episode. All right. At the same time, maybe I'll rank a team at 32 that actually goes on to win a Super Bowl because the NFL is really unpredictable like that. But I'm just saying, you know, your favorite team, you're going to hear at least a little bit of an overview of their team, their expectations in this episode. So if you're a fan of the Jaguars or the Giants or any NFL team, and you hear me say, this team I have at 20, and you expecting them to be all the way at 10, you're going to hear why. And I'm either going to be a complete idiot to you in your eyes, or I'm going to be completely accurate. So, you know, that's the beauty of power rankings, right? Just looking back. Because, of course, not everything I say is going to be accurate. I could have the Texans at 32, and I could be completely wrong as they go on a amazing playoff push and make it to the AFC Championship. That could absolutely happen with any team. But sometimes I'm going to say the Texans are number 32, and they suck, and they are actually the worst team in the league. So sometimes that's just what happens. Now, the Texans are 32 this year. I believe they were last year. I might be wrong in that. Maybe it was Chicago last year. I really don't know. But, yeah, it's always interesting because it it gives you a perspective of what the team's expectations are before the season starts, before preseason even starts. And I, I love doing that. It really, these episodes where I do power rankings, I'm pretty sure I only do power rankings maybe twice a year. Yeah, I think twice a year. Last year, I'm pretty sure that I did. I know I did post-draft. I think I also did preseason, like after the preseason ended. I think I'm not positive, though. But I don't do power rankings a lot is the overall point. So listen up, hear my expectations, and then you'll be able to look back and laugh at what I say. Or you can look back and be like, damn, this guy's a prophet. Again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying sometimes I'm going to be right about something. Sometimes I'm going to be wrong. That's the beauty of this. But let's just jump into it. My 32 is not the Texans, like I said. My 32 is the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals. They brought in Jonathan Gannon, a new head coach, replacing Cliff Kingsbury, who I I was really worried that Cliff Kingsbury was going to still be there because they just gave him an extension, which really makes no sense to me. right? It really makes no sense whatsoever how they gave Cliff Kingsbury, an extension out of nowhere for no reason after doing pretty shitty his entire career. Like, he didn't deserve it at all. But they made the right decision. They didn't just double down. They didn't stick with him. They eventually, finally, ended up firing him. Meanwhile, last year, they gave him an extension instead of firing him. But, yeah, they they fired him. That's the right call. Cliff Kingsbury was pretty shitty. Let's be honest with ourselves. And so is this Cardinals roster. And let's be honest, I, I don't really think Jonathan Gannon's going to be great either. I really don't. Gannon had, am I wrong if I say they had the most talented defense in the NFL? I mean, they definitely were up there. In terms of talent on the defensive side of the ball, I think they were the most talented defense. For the sake of shitting on Jonathan Gannon, I am going to say that the Eagles had the most talented defense in the NFL last year. If not one of the. And it's obviously much easier to look like a good defensive coordinator when you have a lot of talent on the defense. Duh. No brainer, right? 
And that's why Gannon got hired, I assume. But I also think part of the reason Gannon got hired was because, well, at least reports came out. We don't know if it's true. But reports did come out from a lot of very, very prestigious reporters that really you have no reason not to believe. But reports came out that a lot of coaches didn't want the Cardinals job because they didn't want to be locked in with Kyler Murray. Which, yikes for Kyler Murray. Let's start off with that. And then two, that means Gannon is like the third choice, the fourth choice. But then again, the fact they tampered with him, maybe that means the report wasn't true. I- I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There is a possibility that Jonathan Gannon was only hired because their first two, possibly three choices didn't want the job, which for the Cardinals, yikes, that's that's insulting. They do still have D-Hop, but then besides him and Buda Baker, both of these two players were on the trade market recently. And then they also have Kyler Murray, who might not be ready week one. But D-Hop and Buda Baker are the only two like, oh my God, these guys are studs. Then Marquise Brown is fine. I mean, other than that, I like Paris Johnson. That pick was nice. They moved their former first-round pick, Zavin Collins, to defensive end. I'm going to have to go back and watch film on him. I didn't – I knew he wasn't performing up to the standard that people expected when he got drafted. I know I was a pretty decent fan of him. But I didn't know he was so bad they decided to change his position. They brought in Kajir White. That's a good addition. But overall, the Cardinals really have nothing going. They brought in a new head coach, new coaching staff. Maybe they'll start something up. But even schematically last year, they weren't overly impressive. So I guess it can only really go up. The expectation should be low. We should expect them to get the first overall pick. Paris Johnson's a nice player to add. I don't know if he was worth them you know, trading up for him. But it's definitely a nice addition to have. He's currently a guard for them, which I guess could work. But he'll probably be fine there, but I really wanted him to play tackle. But overall, he this team is building for the future. It's very clear. They're rebuilding. That's why they traded back. Expectations shouldn't be high. There's not really much more to say. 31. Now, this is a... This is obviously another team that's rebuilding. It's really these first couple of teams are in a rebuild right now. I want to say 32 through 26 are very clearly rebuilding. And then once we get to 25, I think we get to those teams that are like, they're contenders, but like, they're only contending because they don't want to rebuild, you know? I would say this year there's not really... I mean, okay, there's like two teams, three teams that are like mid-rebuild, but they're rebuilding pretty well, so they're in that like contender but not really tier. We'll get to that when we get to that, though. Right now, we're just on the very clear rebuilding teams, and I think the Tennessee Titans are one of those teams. I feel so bad for Derrick Henry. Let me start with that. This man has been electrifying for the past couple of years and 
listen, he has a legit, like, if you want to talk about running backs that are currently in the league, that are currently, like, in their prime, that have, like, a Hall of Fame chance, Derrick Henry's, like, the first guy on that list. And I guess McCaffrey, but McCaffrey gets banged up too much. If Derrick Henry really wants to, you know, get into the Hall of Fame, I think a ring would really, really help him. Like, a lot. And I guess that kind of goes without saying, but he's not getting that ring on Tennessee. It's clear. They've completely committed to a rebuild. Completely. And Vrabel's a good coach. He can make this team, you know, play a little bit closer to 500. But I don't think that'd be smart because this team just lost everything, right? They cut Lawan. They got rid of Zach Cunningham, who I know Zach Cunningham may not be an absolute stud, but he's a good, solid role player. They let Bud Dupree walk, who, again, didn't really get much time in Tennessee. He really just had that one good contract year in Pittsburgh and then got moved through free agency. But still, they got rid of him after paying him a shit ton. They drafted another quarterback. Their wide receiver room is terrible. I mean, Tennessee, they brought in Skaronsky in the first round, Will Levis second round to replace Ryan Tannehill because they are a rebuilding team. Tajay Spears and Andre Dillard, a young guy. But really, they just lost people. They lost Robert Woods, who also, let's be honest, he did nothing for them last year. I feel like they were kind of forced into a rebuild. But it's not like they did much to really keep them in competition for this year. Traylon Burks is their wide receiver one. And some people really like Traylon Burks. I think he's a he's a wide receiver too. I'm sorry. He is. He can't get separation. He's just incapable of it. A wide receiver one needs to be more reliable and less of just a, oh, I can make big plays occasionally type guy. And that's what Traylon Burks is. The guy isn't a good enough route runner. He doesn't, he's not consistent enough. He isn't. But overall, and then you look at the defense. The defense is going to be fine, right? I'm surprised they were able to keep Kevin Byard. He didn't really want to be there, but somehow they found a way to keep him. He could still get traded in theory, but I doubt it's going to happen now. The defense will still play somewhat well because they're a well-coached defense. However, the offense is going to be so bad. And again, I don't think the Titans want to win games right now. I think they're very clearly committing to a rebuild at the moment. And that's the right thing. They were kind of forced into that. You know, they really made a run at, you know, trying to make a Super Bowl. But it failed. And now they're just admitting defeat and trying again, retooling a bit. I think that's the right approach for now. So Tennessee fans... Is it going to work well for you right now? No, but in the long term, it's the right decision to be a rebuilding team like this. The Buccaneers, they lost Tom Brady. They don't have their head coach. I really, I mean, is anyone really saying that Todd Bowles, even Buccaneers fans, even, even the biggest Todd Bowles defenders, is there a single person saying that Todd Bowles deserves a head coaching job in the NFL? This guy's a good coordinator, not a good coach. And there's a lot of guys like that. 
Todd Bowles is one of the best examples of that. So why the hell is he still the head coach? Oh, because the Buccaneers want to lose games? Yeah, and they're never going to openly admit it. But, I mean, they brought in Baker Mayfield to start at quarterback for them. It is a competition between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask at quarterback. You want to know why it's Baker Mayfield and not, I don't know, Nick Foles, Carson Wentz? Want to know why Cam Newton, I guess, are we going to throw him to the into this discussion? You want to know why it's one of those guys? Maybe not Jacoby Brissett. They wanted to bring in someone with upside because they'll just use the season and kind of just throw Baker and Kyle Trask into the Wolves. They know they're not their franchise quarterbacks, but let's say that they fall out. Well, then they have their franchise quarterback on the very off chance. I mean, very, very unlikely chance that they ball out. They have their guy for the future. It's a team clearly preparing for the future. Clearly. They just lost the best player in the history of the sport. They have a a young stud in Tristan Wirfs. Vita Vea, I think, is one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. And he's a younger guy. Brought in Kalaja Kansi in the first round. He's someone that I guess they'll try and build around. But listen, they didn't make many free agency moves to be like, oh, yeah, you know, we're really going to try and contend this year. We'll prove them wrong. No, because they know they want to lose right now. Again, there's some teams this year where it's just very clear that they want to lose. They're trying to tank. They're going to try and stay marketable with a big name like Baker Mayfield playing quarterback. But listen, this is the Buccaneers without Brady. This is what the post-Brady era of the Buccaneers is going to start with. A very below-average roster. Mike Evans is going to be out of there soon. Chris Godwin, I mean, he's really their only like, oh, yeah, this is a guy that could really help us right now type player. Him and Wirfs, those are the only two like offensive studs they have, I guess, that aren't like old. Mike Evans is an older guy, although I still think he's very good. Brought in Cody Mock on the offensive line. Listen, this is just a team very clearly trying to rebuild. I don't think anyone's going to deny that. And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record because I said that for the past three teams. I'm going to say the same thing for my 29th ranked team, the Indianapolis Colts. They brought in Shane Steichen to be their head coach. I do think that can work. But they're also starting Anthony Richardson right away, which I I think that's stupid. I'm just going, going to go on a little bit of a side rant here. For the development of Anthony Richardson, this is the wrong decision to start him right away. You brought in Gardner Minshew, someone that has experience in the Shane Steichen offense, and, you know, maybe he won't be a future asset, and I just said they're a rebuilding team. But the expectation for these rookie quarterbacks, especially these raw rookie quarterbacks, has been completely unrealistic. And I blame Mahomes, who wasn't even like a ball. He didn't even ball out his rookie year. But because they saw how well a young quarterback was very raw his first year, and I guess his second year where he balled out, 
But in the second year, he was also very raw, I guess. But even though it still worked, they're saying, oh, yeah, you know, you could be raw and still do well in the NFL. And it was the same with Herbert. Remember when he started games in his first year because Tyrod Taylor got injured? I mean, the expectation for these young rookie quarterbacks, it's unrealistic. This is a project quarterback. There is no reason for Anthony Richardson to be starting right away. We don't just say high ceiling, low floor for no reason. We say it because it's true. You have a quarterback go out there, throw five interceptions to zero touchdowns in their first game, second game, third game. It's going to ruin their career. They could still do well despite that, but it hurts them. It hurts them a lot. I really think that's part of the reason that Zach Wilson looks so bad because he was kind of just thrown out there when he shouldn't have been with no one to teach him. When you have someone like Anthony Richardson who has all the talent in the world, but they are so clearly flawed in terms of how they play the game right now, you don't start them right out the gate. You don't. Because it can derail their entire career. And, well, Anthony Richardson could have been like, he has Hall of Fame, all-time great talent. But it doesn't matter if you throw him out into the walls right away and he sucks. Because it, his self-esteem, and I know it sounds... Like, what the hell is he talking about? Self-esteem of the players. But the confidence that a quarterback has, it's a big part of it. It is a big part of it. And the developmental process is thrown off when he's going out in front of the media and talking in press conferences after throwing three picks and a 50% completion rate in a game. So why the hell did, I believe it was Jim Ursay, I believe, why the hell did he go out there into that press conference and say, Anthony Richardson's going to be a starter week one. Because now if he doesn't, now let's say that he doesn't develop to become, you know, a starting caliber quarterback for week one. What happens then? Do you bench him? If you bench him, confidence goes down, obviously, because it's no longer a story of, oh, this quarterback, you know, he's a rookie and he's supposed to be developing. We all knew he would be a high-ceiling, low-floor guy. He should be developing behind Gardner Minshew anyway. No. Now, it's... This guy was supposed to start week one. What What does he suck? Is he not ready? I thought he was supposed to be ready. That's what Jim Ursay said. Ruins his confidence. Ruins it. And he could still be good despite that. But it, why make that risk? Why not say it's an open competition? I have a young quarterback that I really, really like for our future, but I also like Gardner Minshew. Why not make it an open competition? Why, though? There is no benefit. There is no benefit other than, I guess, showing confidence for your guy, but you should show that confidence anyway by drafting him number three overall. Number four overall, my fault. Yeah, I, I just don't like that decision at all. But anyway, with the overall Colts and why I have them ranked all the way at 29, their offensive line was really bad last year. And they're paying those guys a lot of money, so I don't blame them for trying to replace them. But it was, it was a bad offensive line last year. Even Quentin Nelson, who's supposed to be a stud, 
was just disappointing. And then the receiver core, just overall offensive weapons, I don't really like. I like the addition of Josh Downs. And Pittman, I feel like we've been saying, oh, yeah, this is this is really going to be the year that he breaks out. I feel like we said that every year, and now we should all just agree. He's not a one. He won't ever be a one. Josh Downs, I think, wouldn't surprise me if we go into week nine of the season and are saying that Josh Downs is better than Michael Pittman. It really wouldn't. Pittman isn't really that much of a stud. I think he's fine, but listen, wide receiver core of Josh Downs, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, it's not amazing at all. It's kind of underwhelming, but I mean, it's fine. It's it's young guys, I guess, so you know, the upside's there. Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, that makes a fine running back room. Of course, the depth isn't really there, but Jonathan Taylor's a stud. We all know this. Although, again, last year, he didn't really play like it because the offensive line is bad. And it still will be bad. I'm expecting it to. I'm not just going to hope that these guys, you know, break out out of nowhere. I can't. I can't expect them to just recover back to the level of player that they once were. But it's definitely a possibility. If that's the case, they definitely go up from this level. Defensively, you got Shaq Leonard, who I obviously think is a stud. But he's coming off a big injury. He struggles to stay healthy now. DeForest Buckner, obviously still a very good player. Not quite the player he once was, but still very good. You know, they lost Stephon Gilmore, so now they kind of have a problem at the second corner spot with Isaiah Rogers starting, but he's not the worst ever. Kenny Moore's obviously great. We know this. But, yeah, there's not really much to love, in all honesty. I guess the defense, like, the linebacker core of EJ Speed, Shaq Leonard, and Zaire Franklin should be pretty good. And DeForest Buckner is still a very good defensive lineman. Grover Stewart is obviously very good, too. They have Adetomiwa Adeboré drafted him. So that defense should be, the front seven should be good. Secondary, I'm a little bit worried because Isaiah Rogers, I'm not overly sure what to think, but I think he's fine. It should be, like, a little bit on the lower tier of average on the defensive side of the ball, but I think with that offensive line, Yikes, I'm a little bit worried. And it's also a first-year head coach, right? And I, I just don't think Anthony Richardson is going to be ready week one. I just don't. I think they'll start him, apparently, but I don't think he'll be an NFL-caliber starter week one. Now the Rams. Listen, I know they have Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. Cool. That That's great. That's phenomenal. Matthew Stafford's coming off a major elbow injury. Cooper Cup's still a stud, and he will carry them away from being the worst team in the league. But that defense is terrible. You have Aaron, like, look up the Rams' death chart right now for me. Please. You have Aaron Donald, and then no one, absolutely no one. There's nothing besides Aaron Donald to like on that defense at all. Nothing. There is nothing. To like there. I mean, I mean, Cooper Cup, he's a stud. And I'm expecting him to continue to be a stud. And he might have another historically great season. But they could still suck despite that. I mean, hey, Megatron was on the 07 Detroit Lions. And I'm not saying this is 07 Detroit Lions bad. But one player can't do it all. 
One player cannot do it all. They have Byron Young. They drafted him. That legitimately might be their second best defensive player. It might be. I mean, Ernest Jones, are we really going to rant about him? The, the defense sucks. The defense is terrible, right? There's no there's no way around that. The offensive line isn't very good either. Steve Avila, they brought him in. Steve Avila, they brought him in. You know, like, that. that's the only offensive lineman that I guess I'm confident in. And that's only because he's a rookie, so the bar is lower. Joe Noplum, oh my god, they gave him that contract, and then the first year as a starter, he was horrendous. Just overall, the O-line sucks. <laughs> the only reason that they're not on the bottom of the list, the bottom of my power rankings, the only reason they're not 32, is because Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, although he's coming off an elbow injury, Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. Those four names, and Matthew Stafford is coming off an elbow injury. McVay is really, like, the main reason. I refuse to believe McVay lets a team get the number one overall pick. But, hey, I mean, he could just commit to the rebuild. He could. 27, I finally have the Texans. This is where I get, you know, a little bit less negative. A little bit less. Because I do think the Texans can win some games. I really do. Now, I know they're still all ranked all the way at 27, and obviously there's reasons for that, right? You know, they're just a young team, first-year head coach, although I like D'Amico Ryan's a lot. A lot. But, you know, they definitely have their problems. There's no denying that. Secondary, not overly confident. I mean, Derek Stingley actually had a good first rookie year. From what I've heard, I want to watch his film a bit because I was not overly high on him in college. And Jalen Petrie is a good player. But besides that, the secondary, not really a fan. Jimmy Ward, I mean, he's he's really only there because of D'Amico Ryans, let's be honest. I guess he understands the defense, but. the They have some guys in the linebacker room. Like, they have a lot of names in the linebacker room. They have to decide which of these three are really good enough to stay on the field. But they definitely have names. You got Christian Harris, Christian Kirksey, Denzel Perryman, Corey Littleton, and Henry Toa Oto. I hope that I pronounced that right. They also have Avail Hewitt. So, like, they have names. But which three of those names are, like, good enough to be on the field constantly? And that's going to be the tough thing. On the defensive line, they have Will Anderson, but then besides that, uh, Jerry Hughes is good-ish. They brought in Chase Winovich, too. I mean, the at the edge position, I guess they're fine, but it's the interior with Malik Collins and Sheldon Rankins. Yikes. Offensively? She just rat I like. Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary should make a pretty capable running back duo. The wide receiver core, I'm sorry, I'm not the biggest fan. Although, once again, they have they have some young guys here that 
they need someone to break out. So, okay. So I, I was just about to say, I don't really like it, but now I'm looking at it. I'm like, one of these guys are bound to break out, right? Robert Woods is an older guy. He's going to be the veteran training all the young guys. I'm just about to name Nico Collins. He might break out. John Mechie. He might break out. Noah Brown. He might break out. Now he's going to get more play time. He was on the Cowboys. When he was on the field, he was very capable. And then after Noah Brown, they have Tank Dell, who they drafted round three. Very small guy. Doesn't weigh a lot. But his skill set, I mean, in terms of route running, there were very few, if any, route runners that were better in this draft class. He was a phenomenal route runner. Truly electrifying in that aspect of the game. Now the question is, how much of a role can he get for just being a great route runner? Now, route running is obviously a great skill to have, but he weighs so little, it's tough to get on the field when you weigh that little. Xavier Hutchinson, I think, is a bona fide stud. I mean, I think this guy's really going to develop a role. Then again, he was around seven pick, so how much do they like him? It's worrying, but I think that Xavier Hutchinson is a stud. All right, absolute dog. Amari Rogers is the last receiver I want to talk about. Listen, he had a terrible stint in Green Bay. Let's be honest. But I didn't. I was not low on him coming out of college. I was not. I think he can develop a role here. He might not, but I think he's very, very capable. One or two of these guys are going to break out and be solid receivers for the team. I do think so. So you know what? This receiver corner may not look ready right now, but I think they're going to be fine at some point this season. But how long will it take? That's really what it's about. They have Dolphin Schultz, who might be him and Robert Woods are really the only two established receiving weapons on this team. But they also got a good offensive line. So I still think CJ Stroud has a good season this year. But it's going to take a bit for everything to really click because they're such a young team. And it's a new coaching staff. So it makes it a lot harder. Now the next team that I have here. So team number 26. Chicago Bears. Keep in mind here, I, I am not a Justin Fields guy. I think he can develop, but I won't believe he's going to until I see it. So, because I still think everything mental that he's supposed to do as a pocket passer, he's bad at. And I still stand by that. I don't have the highest expectations for this team, but still, there's a lot. there is a lot of stuff to like. For a rebuilding team, they're one of the better ones. That's why they're at 26. The defense is really bad, but hey, they have two good linebackers in TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, two of the better coverage linebackers in the NFL, so it's very clear they have a type. They brought in Noah Sewell as like this raw guy who will probably be an asset for them in the future, but he might not because he was pretty bad last year in college. On the defensive line, they drafted a lot of guys, Zach Pickens and Gervon Dexter. Still, though, that, that's going to take a bit. That's going to take a bit to develop. Demarcus Walker was a great addition on the edge. The secondary, they have their young pieces that they like. Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, and Jalen Johnson. Also, they drafted Tyreek Stevenson. So, you know, this is a... This may not be a great defense, but it's going to develop into a very good one. And for now, they definitely won't be the worst in the league because they have their two good linebackers. And really, that's the great thing about having two good linebackers starting your rebuild on the defensive side of the ball with good linebackers. 
the good thing about it is, hey, maybe the rest of your team sucks, but at least those run plays are going to be limited to about five yards. And that's the good thing here. Although I think these linebackers are better coverage guys, still they're going to they're gonna add that to the defense. There's not going to be many explosive plays on the ground. And that's the thing that having two good linebackers on a young team really adds. But you look at the defense side of the ball, or sorry, you look at the offensive side of the ball, you get a little bit more optimistic. Now the offensive line, they added pieces like Nate Davis and Darnell Wright, but it still might struggle a bit. The receiver core, which was horrible last year, I like it a lot. Not okay. I said a lot. I like it. I think they have their wide receiver one, DJ Moore, who I think everyone knows he's underrated, so he's not really underrated, but he's very, very good. And then they have two players that really complement each other very well because their skill sets are so different in Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. Then they also have depth there at Equinemia St. Brown and Tyler Scott. So, you know. Good. Tight end, they have a nice duo in Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon. Quarterback Justin Fields, you all know my opinions on him. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff to like. Now, they might not be the best team ever, but there's stuff to like here. There is. I think them and the Texans are really close. I think that might be the only pick that, like, looking back, I may switch. Like, I'm really tight with that. Maybe I'd switch the Texans and Bears. It's really close between the two of them. But the difference is the Bears, they have more continuity on in terms of the coaching staff. Eberflus, this is his second year. Stuff to like. So that that's good. That's definitely good. They're still a rebuilding team, obviously, so expectations shouldn't be too high. But, hey, you know, they're, they're one of the better rebuilding teams. I actually have them as the best rebuilding team. I think... The Texans and Bears are still really close. I, I completely saying tech. I completely understand saying Texans there. Now we got on to these teams that you know they're they're trying to contend, but they're very clearly not contenders. New England Patriots. They added nothing really to the offensive side of the ball, and that's why they're so low. The defense is going to be fine. I mean, it's a Bill Belichick team, and you know they have talent. They have Lawrence Guy. Uh, they have. Matt Judon, Josh Uche, like they have their role players here. The secondary, of course, is going to be amazing. It's a Belichick secondary. Kyle Duggar, Jabril Peppers, Jalen Mills, Marty Mapu, who I love. Then in terms of corners, Jonathan Jones, Christian Gonzalez, Marcus Jones. They have guys in the secondary. The defensive front, you know, it might not really wow you, but hey, they have pieces. Yet again, it's a Belichick defense. We know what it's going to be. Offensively, they they added Bill O'Brien to replace whatever the hell you want to call their play-calling situation last year. But then besides that, I mean, they replaced Jacoby Myers with Juju. Two very different receivers, but I guess they're like the same caliber. I mean, they both play like a slot role. But Juju is more of like a tough yards-after-catch slot. Jacoby Myers is like a, okay, I'm going to get some separation and you throw it to me when I'm wide open. Juju doesn't really get wide open, but he's still good at getting open. But they're like the same player, really, in terms of the caliber that they are. And this is their wide receiver one. You know, having Juju as your wide receiver one, that, that worked for the last team that did it, the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. But no, instead you have Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi throwing the ball. You don't even have know who your quarterback is. 
this year. And do you think that they could just elevate Juju and Devontae Parker as the wide receiver too? I, if I didn't look at the depth, if I didn't look at this depth chart before, I would be hysterically laughing. But because I've seen it get built by a coach that, I mean, gets so much praise, like the best coach of all time. Uh, looking at the post Brady era of Patriot football, it's really starting me to make me question. It's really starting to make me question whether or not Belichick is actually like the best coach of all time. It really is because I mean, come on, this is laughable. This is laughable. A lot of these decisions, the fact he's the GM too is really what kills him. He he is not a very good GM. Look at this offense he built. It's so bad, so bad. I mean, the offensive line is capable, but then your wide receiver core is the worst I've ever seen in my life. The running back room I like, but you also don't know who your quarterback is. So, like, what was the problem for the Patriots last year? Anyone, literally anyone. It was the offense, was it not? It was absolutely the offense. So what the hell are they doing? Only, like, making one major change, and it's not really that major of a change because Juju, on most teams, he should be the wide receiver three, maybe a two. If you're really bad at receiver he'd be a one. And if you're a team that has Juju as your wide receiver one, you are not a competitor. This is a team that is very clearly is not trying to rebuild. Belichick is old. Belichick is close to retiring. And you know what? If he doesn't retire soon, he's going to get fired if he keeps building a team like he is right now. It is terrible. It looks horrendous. Bill, I can't believe I'm saying this. Bill O'Brien is the, he's really the saving grace of this team right now. Because if they if they kept the offensive coordinator situation that they had last year, it doesn't matter how well the defense does. You're scoring zero points a game. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I, I like the Patriots on the defensive side of the ball because Belichick. But I also hate the offense because Belichick and his inability to build an offense. I, I mean, they don't know who their quarterback is. They don't know who their quarterback is. Their wide receiver core is laughable. They're run, I mean, they don't have any stud running backs, but they have a fine running back room. The offensive line is fine. Oh, yeah, they added Mike Gesicki, but, like, okay. Is that supposed to move me? This is not... This is not a room that I really like on the offensive side of the ball. But, hey, they have the defense, and they're trying to compete. So, I guess that's why they're here. Now on to Belichick's disciple in Josh McDaniels. What do we think here? Where do I have them ranked? Well, in case you missed it, that's 24. Now, the Raiders lost Derek Carr, but they replaced him with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, it's like, you know, the same level of play, I guess, but I actually like Carr a lot more because Carr is Carr is what people consider Jimmy G to be. I, I talk about this all the time with Jimmy Garoppolo. When you think, when a lot of people think about Jimmy Garoppolo, they think, oh yeah, this is this guy that, you know, he's going to execute the offense. He won't make many mistakes and you'll be fine with him. But that's not what Jimmy Garoppolo is. Jimmy Garoppolo gets branded as that, but at his absolute best, that's what he is. At his worst, you have like the 
Carson Wentz decision making. Like, it's bad. It's bad. But the difference is Carson Wentz has some good plays where it's like, oh my God, he elevated the team. Now, not enough to keep him in the NFL because he's a free agent right now. But Jimmy G, at his absolute ceiling, is Kirk Cousins. His absolute best plays are Kirk Cousins, and he's just executing. But his worst plays, he will single-handedly anchor your team down. Cough, cough. Every San Fran loss in the playoffs? Remember the Broncos game? Do you guys remember that? Do you guys remember when he stepped out of the back of the end zone? This guy is not... Oh, yeah, he'll execute the offense. He won't lose us games, but he might not win us games either. No, he'll either lose you games or not win you a game. (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo is really not... He's not something to be happy about. This is a downgrade from Derek Carr. A pretty severe downgrade. Now, I know I opened that saying that they're basically the same person. But that I was kind of trying to mock what everyone always says. Because everyone has been drilling that in. Oh, you know, this was a bad move by the Raiders because they went from mid-quarterback to mid-quarterback. No, this is a bad move because they went from mid-quarterback to a quarterback that at his absolute best is mid. Josh Jacobs is still a stud running back. The receiver core I like. Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro. DeAndre Carter they brought in. The tight end room, I mean, hey, you got three good guys, and one of them should be an absolute stun in Michael Mayer. They also have Austin Hooper and OJ Howard, but, hey, that's a good trio. And then fullback Jacob Johnson, you know, he, he really gets the job done. Offensive line, I mean, there's some bad, there's some good. Colton Miller's fine sometimes. I mean, they're not the worst offensive line in the world, but, you know, they're not really, like, wowing you either. Josh McDaniels, at head coach, I, I mean, this is a guy that, let's be honest, he's not a head coach. He's an offensive coordinator, not a head coach. It's been clear, and I think even last year was proof of that. And then defensively, you got Max Crosby. Uh, no one really likes Chandler Jones after his terrible season last year. Yeah, that's really about it. You got Max Crosby and Marcus Epps. They also brought in Tyree Wilson. He should be good in the future, but right now, how much do we really like him? Not much. I mean, he could be fine right away, but I don't know. I don't really expect it. He was pretty raw in college. You need to really develop him. But, yeah, it's really just Max Crosby and Marcus Epps at the moment. I I like Robert Splane. Divine Diablo is a good coverage guy. But, yeah, it's yucky. It's a yucky defense. And the offense, they they have talent. Like, they have Devontae Adams, but Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo. So, you know, don't set your expectations too high. It would be a crime if Josh McDaniel somehow keeps the job next year after literally building this team into the New England Raiders or, I guess, the Las Vegas Patriots, whatever you want to call them. Either way, they, they just – oh, was this guy a Patriot at one point? Okay, let's bring him in. Like, it's the same thing that – I'm blanking on his name right now. The – Detroit Lions guy, Matt Patricia. It's the same thing Matt Patricia was doing with the Lions. Just, oh, you played for the Patriots at one point? Come here, Danny Shelton. Come here, Jamie Collins. Oh, man, we're really going to really gonna get the job done, aren't we? And then they suck every year. It's the same thing. It is the same thing. I mean, it's bad. 
so you you might notice right now I'm being far more critical on these teams that are from 25 to let's say 25 to 21 or 22 yeah I'm going to be critical on but the teams that are 26 27 yeah 28 29 I was far less critical it's because the expectations are way lower for those teams because they they're committing to a rebuild. These teams are just wasting a year trying to lie to themselves, convincing themselves that they're going to compete when they absolutely have no chance. And there's no better example of that than the New Orleans Saints, who I have at 23. Everywhere you look on this roster, they might not be bad, but they're sure as hell not good. Derek Carr has a high ceiling that we saw in the past, like, I know that sounds weird because physically he doesn't have a high ceiling, but we saw in the Rich Basakia year for the Raiders, they asked Derek Carr to carry the team, and he did. And he didn't do it by, like, throwing amazing passes and having a spectacular arm and really, you know, evading players in the pocket. No, he did it by just executing to a level so consistent that it elevated the team. And Carr can do that. But last year, I mean, he got benched for Jarek Stidham. So, yeah. They also have – they actually have a really deep quarterback room. They've Carr, Jameis Winston, and Jake Hayner, and then Taysom Hill as the fourth quarterback. Listen, I, I like that. that. That's a deep – they might have the deepest quarterback room in the NFL. They might. But, yeah, I, I mean, Carr is fine. Alvin Kamara, he's kind of sucked recently. I'm going to be honest, but hey, he can catch the ball pretty well. And then Jamal Williams with the RB2, and then Kendra Miller. Forgot they brought him in. That was a good addition in the draft. So, yeah, that, that's a running back room. You know, there, there's stuff to like there. Kendra Miller might end up being the best running back on that team, though, by the end of the year. Wide receiver, Chris Olave, I think, is a stud. Really underrated at the moment, just because they're overshadowed by his former teammate in Garrett Wilson. Michael Thomas, if he could stay healthy, he's still really good when he's healthy. It's just he's never healthy. Rashid Shahid is their second receiver, or third receiver. He's going to be their second receiver when Michael Thomas inevitably gets injured, though. Traquan Smith, who has been on the team for ages now. A.T. Perry was a late-round addition with some upside. At tight end, they have Jawan Johnson and Taysom Hill. Obviously, also a tight end. We know that. But, yeah, I, I mean, you look. They have Olave, a real playmaker, and then besides that, nothing really. The offensive line, it's a bunch of younger guys, actually. But they're, they're all pretty good. I'm not sure about the two guards on the interior. I know that they were, like, early picks, but I'm not sure how well they've been doing. I believe they've been doing fine. They haven't tried to replace them. So, yeah, it's a really young offensive line. They might have the youngest offensive line that's, like, all set starters that they spent assets on in the entire NFL. I believe all, all their guys are either solid starters or they're absolute dogs like Ryan Ramchak and Eric McCoy. Defensively, you got Cameron Jordan, who's been there for ages. And on the other edge, you got either Peyton Turner, Isaiah Foskey, or Carl Granderson. I think Peyton Turner, they drafted early, and then he never really got on the field much. You know, it's really just a battle between those three. I liked, or, yeah, those three. I liked Isaiah Foskey. I don't know how much he's going to be on the field, 
have to see. He's a rookie, right? So it's going to be hard to tell. But Ryan Bercy, they draft him round one. He will probably be on the field a lot, but he might get the Peyton Turner treatment where they draft him round one and then they just never use him. Linebacker, they have guys, Pete Werner, Demario Davis, I think is a dog, and Zach Juan. It sucks that Demario Davis and Cameron Jordan, I feel so bad for it because they've been dogs for so long and they don't really get recognition because they're on the Saints and the Saints are always mid. And that's really, like, you might be noticing, I'm not really wowed by any of these names. I think Olave might be their only, like, playmaker on the entire team. And Cameron Jordan and Demario Davis, I guess. But, like, that's really it. Everyone else is, like, fine. The cornerback room, Paulson Adebo and Marshawn Lattimore. Cool. You know, that that's good. Oh, yeah, Marshawn Lattimore, I guess, is a, is a playmaker. Him, too. Then that safety, you got Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew is not really that guy anymore. And Marcus May, I mean, he's aight. But, yeah, that's really it. Like, that's this entire Saints team. They're just mid everywhere. They have Marshawn Lattimore. They have Jamari Davis. They have... Cameron Jordan, and they have Chris Olave. But then besides that, like, the entire team is mid. And those guys aren't even like, oh, my God, these guys are, like, top 10 in their position, top 5 in their position. Like, you could debate some of those guys top 10. Not Olave, but you could debate some of those guys top 10, but still, like, they're not they're not high in the top 10. And that that's really my thing here. This entire team is just mid. They can't really make plays anywhere. They just... Or fine. They need to find a new head coach, too. I mean, Dennis Allen, he's he hasn't sucked. But, like, is he going to take them to the playoffs? No way in hell. Now, the team that I have at 22, I think, is being severely overrated at the moment. Because they had a good draft. A draft I don't think was, like, amazing. But it was a good one. But I don't think those players that they drafted are going to be, like, instant impact guys, really. Not all of them, at least. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Adding Broderick Jones was big. They needed two offensive tackles, but they only drafted one. That entire offensive line was probably the worst in the league last year. They got in one guy. A guy I'm not really in love with, but I think he's fine. Joey Porter adding him. I think that was probably their best pick. In the second round, first pick of the second round. They need a corner. This is probably going to be their best corner. Patrick Peterson they also brought in to replace Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton was very clearly better, so I consider that a downgrade, at least for this year, and actually in the future too because Patrick Peterson's an older guy. They brought in Keanu Benton, who I guess is going to be a nose tackle for now, but the plan is in the future to make him replace Cameron Hayward. But just the Steelers overall, I mean – Matt Canada, as the LC, has sucked. He has. They brought in Allen Robinson, as if I'm supposed to hype that up. But Allen Robinson has been terrible recently. I mean, I guess he has the upside, but listen, he was horrible. I mean, for the past two years, yeah, the first year with the Rams, the only year with the Rams, and his last year with Chicago, he's sucked. He's been horrible. So, I mean, I'm not going to even act like that's an asset. I think he's a below-average three. Probably shouldn't be on a roster, in all honesty. Like, he's really bad at the moment. So, that's why the Rams wanted to get rid of him. And that's why they were willing to do a seventh-rounder swap for him. And they even had to negotiate with him to take some money off of his deal. 
or some of the cap hit away from Pittsburgh. I, I mean, no one really wants the guy. Allen Robinson, you're really just bringing him in. You're really just bringing him in in hope that he will return at least somewhat to who he was before. But, I mean, it's been two years since we've seen that guy. At that point, just bring in Kenny Galladay. So, yeah, I'm not really a fan of what the Steelers are as of right now. I think their draft will really help them build for the future, right? Darnell Washington is going to be a great asset for the future. Corey Trice is going to be a massive asset for them in the future. But right now... I mean, Corey Trice might end up starting because of just how bad their cornerback room is. I mean, Levy Wallace, he's good. But, yeah, they, I, they brought in Cole Holcomb, too. He's fine. Tay Crowder also. Nicholas Herbig. But, yeah, I, I mean, the team should be really good in the future because I think this draft and last year's draft, I mean, bring in DeMarvin Leal, I liked a lot. It's going to help them a lot in the future, but I don't think it's really going to be right now. I don't think the Steelers are really going to kill it right now, I'm going to be honest. Especially in that division, too many competing teams. It's going to hurt them. They're not great at the moment. So then, 21, I have the Green Bay Packers. The Jordan Love era begins now. And I like this team. This team really has, even with Jordan Love in, they are one of the more legit teams in this tier. I would say after Pittsburgh, you kind of enter, or I guess after Green Bay, Pittsburgh and Green Bay are pretty close because Pittsburgh also has that really good coaching staff, right? Other than Matt Canada, who sucks. Actually, maybe I'd put the Packers in like a tier above. Yeah, you know what? After Pittsburgh, you get a new tier. Like it's a smaller tier, but you got a new tier of like, what would I call this? Like, the lower end contenders that aren't really pretenders. Like I would say that first tier from the Cardinals to let's say the bears, that was like very clear rebuilding teams, 25 to 22. I would say are like the pretenders and then 21 to let's say 17. I'll say the lower end contenders. And most of these teams are just based off their upside, really. And some of these teams are in a rebuild, which is actually amazing that they're in this tier despite being in a rebuild. It's really a testament to how well that rebuild is going. Those rebuilds are going. But yeah, I mean, these are the teams I consider like in that tier. And we're starting with Green Bay. You got Jordan Love, who, I mean, last time we saw him, he was pretty good. They moved on from Rodgers for a reason, right? This guy was a first-round pick. Let's not forget, he should be a good player. Will he quite be Aaron Rodgers? Probably not, but he has some playmaking ability. Like, we know that from who he was in college. They still have that one-two punch of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, even though they had to pay Aaron Jones to get that, which I don't really get. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed are the top three wide receivers. I don't really like that wide receiver room much. They need a bona fide one, and I don't think any of those guys are. But then again, they're all young, so maybe they'll develop into that. The tight end room of Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft. Luke Musgrave just can't stay healthy is the thing, but he has a lot of physical upside. I mean, this guy is damn fast for a tight end. Then the offensive line, you got Bakatari, who can never stay healthy. Yash Neiman is the other offensive tackle. John Runyon. Odin Jenkins and Josh Myers. I mean, it's a fine offensive line. 
And then, of course, Matt LaFleur designs plays really well for the offense. So, you know, definitely like that. And then defensively, I, I do like what I see here a lot. Kenny Clark's still very good. Devontae Wyatt, he was a first-round pick for them from Georgia. He was good. Preston Smith, who's been there for a while, older guy, but still capable. They also brought in Lucas Van Ness, who might be replacing Preston Smith either this year or next year. Devondre Campbell. Last year, he was kind of disappointing, but the year before that, he was a stud out of nowhere. Quay Walker, also a first-round pick for them, and just wrapped him with Devontae Wyatt. Like him a decent amount. Sean Gary is the other linebacker. This is a guy that's very, very physical. I'm a pretty big fan of him. There's other people that like him way more than I do, but I'm a decent fan of him. Then they got the corners of Jair Alexander, Rizul Douglas, and Keyshawn Nixon. They also have Eric Stokes. No, that's a nice four-cornerback room to have there. Eric Stokes, he has a lot of speed. There's stuff to like with him a lot. The safety room, I'm not the biggest fan. Darnell Savage, I remember they drafted him, and he was kind of supposed to be like this big name. But he really just has become forgotten about. He's not great. And then the other safety is Rudy Ford. Uh, yuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the team should be good. I think the upside is really on the offensive side of the ball because Jordan Love, I mean, this is a guy that could develop to be like a stud. And, you know, he's been on the bench for a while, and he can be like a – he absolutely could be like a Mahomes-level stud. Now, maybe not Mahomes-level, but like a Justin Herbert-level like stud. He could be. In, the, in that case, this offense is going to be dynamic, even without the top-tier receivers. So there's definitely stuff to like there. There definitely is. There's a lot of upside here. And that's why I would put them ahead of the Steelers, because they have upside on the offensive side of the ball. I just don't think the Steelers – I don't think there's really a chance that they're good on the offensive side of the ball. Not with Matt Canada. The, the Packers have that good play caller. The Steelers don't. Now, my number 20 is one of the rebuilding teams I was talking about. The Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers, they're in the middle of a rebuild. But I really don't care. They very clearly, even with a rookie quarterback, even with a new head coach, they very clearly are ready to, you know, make a playoff push, maybe make it to the wild card round. They're very clearly prepared to do that. Even if they lost DJ Moore, they are clearly ready. I mean, I'll start by just looking at that defense, which I think is going to be one of the most stacked and just amazing defenses this year. I really do. And it's not like they're overly talented. So I know I just used the word stacked, and I kind of regretted it right once I said it because I wouldn't say stacked is the right word. I mean, they're not overwhelmingly talented, but bringing in, I'm going to try and pronounce his name, but the defensive coordinator from the Denver Broncos last year, Ajaro Evero. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Bringing in him is really going to help because last year, that Broncos defense was damn scary. Damn scary. They got Derek Brown, who I think is pretty damn underrated. Brian Burns is phenomenal. Phenomenal edge rusher. And then in the linebacker room, you got Shaq Thompson and Frankie Luvo. Two good linebackers, especially Luvo, who's a stud. And they also brought in Von Bell at the safety spot. That's going to be beneficial. But then the cornerback room with J.C. Horn. Oh, my God. That's damn scary. That's damn scary. Dante Jackson might just be fast. That's the only reason people really like him. But then they also have Jeremy Chin in the safety room, too. 
Love it. I adore it. And then offensively, Bryce Young, good quarterback. I personally like CJ Stroud more, but I think he's very good and very ready to compete right now. Frank Reich is more of an offensive guy. He's going to really help him. Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, and Raheem Blackshear. Not the craziest running back room, but that's a good one. And then the wide receiver room, you got Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Terrence Marshall, and Jonathan Mingo, along with LaVisca Chenault, who struggles to stay healthy, but Mingo can do a lot of the same stuff. He just is yet to do it. But Chenault, you know, you can lot him up at running back, slot receiver, all that good stuff. I think Mingo has the ability to do that. We just haven't really seen him do it because, well, he knew the NFL, new to a team that would actually use him like that. On the offensive line, I'm really expecting an Iki Aquano breakout. Last year, he was underwhelming relative to my expectations, which were really high for him. That offensive line last year was not all that, but I think it should be pretty damn good this year. I do. And a main reason for this is just my confidence in Evero, who I think is a stud defensive coordinator. Now at 19... I have the Washington Commanders. Do they have their quarterback situation found out? No. And that's a big reason that they're not much higher. But I think besides quarterback, which obviously is a very important position, they're pretty good everywhere. And in some places, they're really, really set. Of course, that defensive line, when everyone's healthy, is one of, if not the best in the NFL. You got Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Montez Sweat. Oh, my goodness. At linebacker, Jamin Davis, David Mayo, Cody Barton. Not the best unit, but I do like Davis. He's only been getting better. At safety, you got Cameron Curl and Derek Forrest. I love Curl. Some people think he's a bit overrated. And then they also brought in Jartavius Martin to replace Derek Forrest. Jartavius Martin was very good last year in college. And in that corner, they have Kendall Fuller, who is just a big name, really. He hasn't been too hot recently. But Emmanuel Forbes, they brought him in in the first round. He might be small, but he's a good fit in this defense. And then offensively, they have Sam Howell, who I'm not a big fan of, and Jacoby Brissett, not a big fan of him either. But those are two guys who can execute the offense decently-ish. They might not be starting caliber, but they're both fine. They're not going to absolutely suck. And then the running back room, you got Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, and I'm personally still a big fan of Jared Patterson. I like it. Robinson, I think, is a stud that's really underrated. The wide receiver core, I love. Terry McLaurin, he's very similar to DJ Moore in the sense that everyone knows he's underrated, but he's still underrated because I'm not seeing this guy in enough top 10 wide receiver list. Terry McLaurin, I think he is in that elite tier. I'm sorry to break it to you. But he might not have the quarterback play, but he's still an absolute dog, okay? He is an absolute dog. Give this man a good quarterback, please. I feel like he's going to be this generation's Fitzgerald almost. Maybe not quite as good as Larry Fitzgerald, but still, I mean, this guy needs some quarterback play, please. The guy's a phenomenal playmaker. And then, of course, you got Jahan Dotson as the next wide receiver, very good slot guy, and then Curtis Samuel, who I also really like. It's a good... Good wide receiver room. Now, the offensive line, not the best ever. And then the tight ends, you don't love it. But Logan Thomas is good. But my biggest thing with this team that really excites me is the addition of 
Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator. That's going to be huge. Eric Bieniemy, he's trying to make a case to become a head coach. Too many teams have been ruling it out, him out because he has Patrick Mahomes. Too many teams. Too many teams. And you know, now he's just like, okay, screw it. I'm going to execute a great offense with Sam Howell taking snaps. All right, guys? And it's going to work out damn well. I'm expecting it to. I think Eric Bieniemy really has it in him. The plays that he calls now, again, it's going to be hard to see him separated from Andy Reid. But, hey, maybe he'll still look damn good. And then he's going to get a head coaching job, and he's going to deserve it a lot. That's what this is really about. Also, bringing in Ricky Stromberg on the offensive line is really beneficial. Now, 18, the Atlanta Falcons. I'm telling you, man, the Atlanta Falcons are legit. They're legit. I really, really like the team that they have going. I'm going to start with the offense because, well, that's what Arthur Smith has really been trying to build on. Last year, the offensive line was really damn good. They did a very good job running the ball, and that was with Tyler Algier running the ball. Now they have Brian Robinson. Sorry, not Brian. B. John Robinson. I'm, I was just talking about the commanders. I just called him Brian Robinson. But, yeah, now they have B. John Robinson running the ball. This guy's a generational talent. I really don't care. He's a generational running back. He's a stud. He is probably the best running back we've had since Saquon Barkley in the draft. He might be better. He might be better. I'm going to be honest with you guys. He might be better. What this guy is able to do, he can line up as slot receiver too and still be a very dynamic threat, and that's why Tyler Algier is still going to have an important role. It's going to be the same with Cordero Patterson can do the same thing. It's going to be really scary because you have – Three running backs, and two of them are extremely versatile, can take snaps out slot wide receiver, and still be really, really, really dangerous. The offensive line, like I said, is amazing. It is amazing. You got Matthew Bergeron, who I like a decent amount. Chris Lindstrom, love him. Caleb McGray, big fan of him. Jake Matthews, uh, not the biggest fan, but still, you got three guys I'm a pretty damn big fan of, especially the entire right side of Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGray. Just keep running behind them. Good things are going to happen. Desmond Ritter. He could execute, you know, those quarterback runs. He's a mobile guy. Do I love their quarterback room? No, this is another team. I don't really love the quarterbacks. It's very similar to Washington in that aspect. In that aspect. But I like it a lot. I definitely like their offense as a whole. And then we know Arthur Smith wants to run the ball a lot. He wants to pound the ball through the other team's face. And he does that with amazing running back play, and that's what he's going to get out of B. John Robinson. The wide receiver core, uh, you know, Drake London. Him I like. Mac Hollins as the wide receiver two. Eh, a little bit off to me. And then Scotty Miller as the wide receiver three. Also not very high on that. Not the worst thing ever, but Drake London needs to break out for them. He really does. Kyle Pitts, of course, a tight end. Brought in Jonu Smith too. Maybe now Kyle Pitts can take a little bit more snaps outside at receiver, please. Because that's really what this guy specializes in. No one wants to see him line up as a traditional tight end. Please, for the life of me, no one wants to see that. And then defensively, brought in Calais Campbell, who may not be great anymore, but he's still a competent run stopper. They have David Onyemata at nose tackle. I love that. And then Grady Jarrett. I mean, this is just a defensive line of big, big, big bodies. And then outside, you got Bud Dupree and Lorenzo Carter. That's fine. I like that defensive line. And then at inside linebacker, you got Troy Anderson and Caden Ellis. Uh, you know, I, I kind of want to stay away from that. But then the cornerback room and really just the overall secondary, you got A.J. Terrell, Jeff Akuda, and Mike Hughes. And then up at safety, you got Jesse Bates, the new addition. That's going to kill 
that's going to kill teams. And also they brought in Clark Phillips to also play corner. Their second safety is Richie Grant. Not a huge fan of that, but I do like their defense a decent amount in terms of the talent they got. And I think they're going to be able to do some creative stuff on the offensive side of the ball. The Denver Broncos. We all know Russ had a bad season last year. Okay, we know it. We know it. But Sean Payton, he's going to fix him up. I'm telling you. And then if he doesn't, he's fine just running Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan to the ground. Now, Javante Williams is coming off an injury, which is really worrying. But, hey, if he can't recover, I, I like Samaj P. Ryan a decent amount. A lot of people don't like the Mike McGlinchey contract. I personally do. I think he'd be a better guard, and I think they're paying him too much to line him up at guard. But, hey, if they want to run the ball a lot, and I know Sean Payton wants to do that, it'll work. It will work. Okay? Maybe they're going to use Russell Wilson's mobility a little bit more because last year I think that was very underwhelming. We didn't really see that aspect of Russell Wilson's game a lot last year, and I thought that that was a big problem. The offensive line is just big bodies, and that's exactly how Sean Payton likes it. Okay? Sean Payton has always loved to have these big, huge guys up front, and I think he has that here. Ben Powers, they added him. Garrett Bowles, they have him at offensive tackle. He's been very good. Mike Lynch, he's a very good run blocker. And then at wide receiver, they have Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, and Marvin Mims, and Marquez Callaway. Forgot they even added him. That's good. I like that receiver core a decent amount. Again, we need one of those guys to break out and establish themselves as a solidified wide receiver one. But still, I, I like it a decent amount. Defensively, bring in Zach Allen. Love that. DJ Jones and nose tackle. That's fine. At edge, they have Randy Gregory and Baron Browning. They also have Nick Bonito. And they brought in Drew Sanders, too. But Drew Sanders might be playing a little bit more, you know, inside linebacker. But he definitely could play edge if they want him to. I think that he's best for that. Because he's someone that is a really good blitzer, but he's also good in coverage. But I'd prefer him on the edge so he could be better at the blitzing part of it. Still, though, I like him. In a 3-4 scheme, it should be a really good fit. Randy Gregory's fine, but they really don't have a solidified like edge number one, and that's the problem I see here. In terms of the defensive backs, I actually like it a lot. They have Sertain, Riley Moss, Kawan Williams, and... Damari Mathis. Sertain's obviously the best guy there, and they need someone to step up and become like a cornerback too, but I think someone absolutely could. It's mainly the safety duo that I like of Justin Simmons, Caden Stearns, and J.L. Skinner. I'm expecting J.L. Skinner to win that other safety spot complimentary to Jeffrey Simmons. Or, sorry, Justin Simmons, and I'm going to love that. I think they're going to kill it once that happens. They lost Evero. But I really trust Sean Payton and his decision to bring in Vance Joseph. Is he quite Evero level? I don't really know. But I do like Vance Joseph enough to still be confident in this Broncos team. Anyway, let me move on from the Broncos to my next team, which is the Minnesota Vikings. Number 16, halfway there. I think now we're in that tier of legit contenders. Okay, these teams all have the expectation of making the playoffs this year. All right. Minnesota Vikings, number 16. The big thing here is bringing in Brian Flores. All right. The defense in terms of talent might have only got worse when you think about it. I mean, losing Eric Kendricks, they just caught him. I still can't believe they did that. 
whether it was a scheme fit or not, I really don't care. You make the scheme around him, okay? Their defense was shit last year, okay? But, yeah, they might have only got worse. I mean, they added Marcus Davenport, which I like. But I, I don't know. I would have kept Kendricks. That that really hurt them. But they added Brian Flores, okay? And that's the big thing. That is the big difference between last year's team and this year's team. Yeah, they added Jordan Addison. That's great. But the big change was bringing in Brian Flores. I like Marcus Davenport. Good player. Him and Daniil Hunter should be a good pass rush duo. Also brought in Byron Murphy to pair with Andrew Booth. That cornerback room is a little bit less terrible, but it's still not the best ever. I mean, their defensive line besides the two edges. I don't really like Dean Lowry, Kyrus Tonga, and Harrison Phillips. Not the not a big fan of that. Brian Azamoa, you know, he has talent. Jordan Hicks is good, fine. Eric Kendricks is obviously better, but... And then they also have Harrison Smith and Lewisine as the two centers... Or, sorry, as the two safeties. They should be good. So the defense is still, like, not overly talented. But again, Brian Flores is the big difference maker here. The offense is only better, really. Addison is definitely better than Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins, a lot of people hate him. I don't. He's one of the better game manager quarterbacks. I really don't understand all the hate he gets. He's good. I'm sorry that he's not Patrick Mahomes, but he's still a good quarterback. I mean, Dalvin Cook hasn't been too... He looked pretty bad last year, in all honesty. So I don't really love their running back room. Alexander Masson's a good RB, too, but I, I mean, yeah, I don't love it. The offensive line with Christian Darisaw, who's a stud, him coming back from injury is a big deal. Brian O'Neill is a good right tackle. Garrett Bradbury, I like their offensive line for sure now that Darisaw's back. TJ Hawkinson at tight end, them having a whole year of him, I mean, that's going to be big. KJ Osborne is once again the wide receiver three. He excels in that role. It's a really good offense, but I'm still concerned about that defense. But again, Flores makes it better. I like to hope Ryan Flores makes it better. Number 15 on my power rankings are the team that beat the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs. That's the New York Giants. You want to talk about filling in the holes that need to be filled. The Giants came into the season or came into the offseason not hoping to, you know, add depth. And I guess they did add a little bit of depth. But that wasn't the main goal. The main goal was to fill out that need at linebacker, at off-ball linebacker, and fill out the need at D-back. They knew this was a weak wide receiver overall offseason free agency class and draft. So they didn't even really try. I mean, I guess they drafted Jalen Hyatt. And I think that's going to had even though I'm not a big Hyatt guy the way that teams are going to have to defend the New York Giants because of the addition of him I I think he actually will be a pretty decent asset for them you know taking the top off the defense making them really have to worry about a deep threat on the opposing team so you know what yeah I, I even though I'm not a big Hyatt fan and I don't think he's going to put up a lot of numbers I do think he adds something to this team that need that they needed a lot but they drafted 
Deontay Banks to fill that cornerback need, thank God. Thank God, because Deontay Banks is a stud. Deontay Banks is a stud, and they really didn't have corners. They really didn't. But Deontay Banks is a corner, and he's a damn good one, and he fits this team very well. You want someone that can just go one-on-one with someone and just erase them? That's what Deontay Banks would do. This guy's a dog, okay? This guy's an absolute stud. I love that pick. And they killed it in the second round, too, drafting John Michael Smith, who I had them drafting in round one, and they drafted him in round two, and I love it. I love it. The last time the Giants had a good center was, like, 2010 with Sean O'Hara. And the last time they had the same starting center in back-to-back seasons was 2014 and 2015, according to Pro Football Reference. John Michael Smith is going to be their starting center for 10 years straight. He might make a Pro Bowl or two, but this guy will be the most consistent player on their team. He will never screw up a block. He might not really ever open running lanes, but he will do his job consistently, and that's what makes him great. Very consistent player. And then they also signed Bobby Okariki. Okariki. It's one of those two is how you pronounce it. Like that pick. Not a stud, but they need a linebacker, and they got a starting caliber linebacker. So I, I like the Giants offseason a lot. They really improved. But, you know, they don't really have weapons. Oh, wait, what's that? They traded for Darren Waller? That's huge. That's massive. So now, you know, they have the legit high-caliber offensive weapon to throw the ball to. I'm still worried about the rest of the interior offensive line. Really, the rest of the offensive line, except for John Michael Smith and Andrew Thomas. The wide receiver court, I don't really love. At least they have one high-caliber receiver in Darren Waller and Saquon you know he always runs the risk of getting injured right defensively I mean they have Banks but then who in the secondary right Xavier McKinney I like but you know that's worrying they have an okay rookie but then who do you like in the rest of the linebacker core the rest of the linebacker core sucks then even the defensive line they have Dexter Lawrence and they have Thibodeau Leonard Williams is fine I guess but I mean I don't love it. I don't love it. Still, though, they have Wink Martindale. They still have Mike Kafka. It's a very good team. It definitely deserves a lot of praise. But they're not quite as high caliber as the other teams here. Except maybe you want to put them at 14 instead of the team I have ahead of them. But I think the Giants, Vikings, and this next team are really in a tier of their own. Cleveland Browns. (laughs) Listen, I know people are going to hate that one. I know people are going to hate that take. But do we expect Deshaun Watson to have another bad year like last year? Do we really? Personally, I don't. I'm sorry. Listen, I know a lot of people hate Deshaun Watson for good reason. But I don't expect him to have another bad year like that. I really don't. Listen, that that was two years off of football. Okay? That's not happening again. I don't expect it to be that bad. And even, let's say he does play that poorly. They definitely improved severely. Okay? I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to go back to fucking top five quarterback in the NFL, but I think he's going to be, like, borderline top ten. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to have some bad plays, and he's going to have some plays where it looks like prime to Sean Watson, right? So because of that, I think the Browns are going to be better, without a doubt. He's going to play better. Maybe he won't play very good, but he'll definitely be better. And then they replaced Joe Woods, thank God, because Joe Woods was horrible. He was a terrible defensive coordinator for them. 
thank God they replaced him. They needed to be. I mean, the defense that he ran was just horrendous, right? Even Miles Garrett, you know, like he's a good player, but even he looked. He didn't have a defensive player of the year caliber year because he was on that defense. Instead, now they have Jim Schwartz, who I'm not overly familiar with, but it has to be a step up from Joe Woods, right? It has to. And I'm expecting Miles Garrett to go back to defensive player of the year type stuff. And then Siaki Ika, love him. I question his role on a 4-3 defense, but still, I like him a lot. He's a good player, very good at, you know, holding his ground. Ogbo Okoronko, love him. On the other edge, complimentary to Miles Garrett. Definitely a step up from Jadevian Clowney. The linebacker room was JOK, Anthony Walker, Sione Taki Taki. Don't love it, I'll be honest with you guys, but, you know, that defensive line I like for sure. So that front seven overall should be about average. Maybe a little bit above average. The D-back room, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, love it. Grant Dell put up top along with Juan Thornhill. Not the best thing ever, but, you know, it's easy to like. So I, I expect this defense to be about average. The offense is what really amazes me. Deshaun Watson, I talked about him. I expect him to take a step up, probably be in, like, borderline top 10, maybe a little bit outside of it. Nick Chubb, I mean, come on. And then you also have the depth with Jerome Ford and Demetrik Felton. Nick Chubb's phenomenal, right? We all know this. Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Marquise Goodwin, David Bell, and Cedric Tillman. Marquise Goodwin is the only one that I don't, like, love, right? Amari, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore. I mean, those two should be dangerous. We saw the season Amari Cooper had last year. Maybe he won't be quite that good, but he was pretty damn good. Maybe he doesn't quite finish with 1,000 receiving yards, but I expect if that doesn't happen, Elijah Moore will. I think Cedric Tillman will establish himself as a legit target for this team. And if he doesn't, it's because Donovan Peoples-Jones took a huge step up. And then the offensive line, Jedrick Wills. Then Joel Batonio. They drafted Luke Weipler round seven somehow. Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin. This offensive line is just stud after stud after stud. I love it. Love it. I think this offense is going to be really, really underrated. I, I really like what they're going to be capable of doing. Now, let's say Deshaun Watson does go back to, like, elite quarterback. I mean, this offense is going to be, like, top five in the NFL. Right now, I really think they could be. But, like, they're going to be guaranteed to be top five. And I also think they might do a little bit more quarterback mobility stuff because now they're not going to be like, oh, we're going to have Jacoby Brissett starting for half the year. No, now they're going to be preparing, like, the zone read and all that stuff. I think it's going to be dangerous. I think it's going to be dangerous. And Miles Garrett, he's gonna have a damn good season. I just, it just has to. Last year was a little bit down for him. He's gonna go back to being a stud, especially with Ogbo Okoronko on the other side, a very underrated player because he was on the Texans of all teams last year. Yeah, I like what the Browns are doing. Now we're into you know that next year. I got, I got the New York Jets. I I know that's a hot take to have them this low. I know. But listen, this team doesn't have much playoff experience in terms of the coaches and really all the players, too. And just overall lacking experience. You got Aaron Rodgers. And then who else has a lot of experience here that you really like? I mean, Dwayne Bow or Dwayne Brown. I just said Dwayne Bow. Wow. Remember him? <laughs> yeah, Dwayne Brown. 
I guess. But like, no one... C.J. Mosley is an experienced guy, but there's not really much experience here, and that's what worries me. It's too young. It's too young of a team. Randall Cobb? But, like, I'm talking about starters. Not much experience. So that's what worries me, one. And then, two, I'm worried, once again, to the playoffs, I don't think that they could compete in the AFC. I don't. Against the Bengals of the year, of the world. Against the Chiefs of the world. They're they're not going to do that. Aaron Rodgers wasn't amazing last year. He really wasn't. I don't think bringing in Aaron Rodgers escalated the team to the level that everyone else thinks so. I don't. Listen, good quarterback. Not this, like, phenomenal quarterback, all right? I Now, listen. Oh, there goes my dog, right? He finally woke up. Listen, this is going to sound ridiculous to Jets fans. But the difference between him and Geno Smith, I, I'm sorry. I know that sounds ridiculous. The difference between what Geno Smith was last year and what Aaron Rodgers was last year, not too big. Not too big. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Listen, people are going to think that that's ridiculous. If you watch Geno Smith, you know what I'm talking about. Geno Smith had a good year last year. Aaron Rodgers, not so much. You know what? I might even say this. Uh, you know what? No. Aaron Rodgers had the worst situation. I almost said something ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers was in a bad situation last year. But then again, I, I look at the situation he's in now. In terms of the offensive weapon that, that the Jets have, do we love it? Are we big on this? I mean, I like Garrett Wilson. Alan Lazard, wide receiver two, okay. And Cole Hardman, wide receiver three, all right. So that receiver court, I mean, it's better than last year. I don't I love it. And then you look at the offensive line. Uh, we're supposed to be, like, we're supposed to love this? We're supposed to think that this is, like, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers went here and this is a Super Bowl team? Is that is that what we're supposed to think right now? Because I, I look at this offensive line. You know, I, I'm not sure if these, oh, my God, Jets to the Super Bowl sayers. I, I'm not sure if those people have seen how – this offensive line is. I mean, Elijah Vera Tucker, I like. Joe Tipman drafting him at center, you know, yeah, okay. Even, like, Mekhi Beckton, let's say he stays healthy. Do we know that he's, like, good? Do we? Because, I, I mean, the guy always gets hurt, yes. But when he's on the field, is he really that good? No, maybe it's just been a while, but I, I don't think so. We haven't seen the guy in so long. That I think people are just, like, assuming, oh, yeah, when he's healthy, he's a damn good player. Like, no, we don't know that. Mekhi Becton, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I might have to go back and watch old Mekhi Becton film, but that's exactly the thing, old. Because this guy hasn't been healthy since, like, his rookie year. And even when he is healthy, once again, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. The good thing is Hackett does know how to design an offense with a bad offensive line, but that – Gets me to my next point. Hackett. Hackett was a terrible head coach last year, but, you know, maybe he's a better coordinator. This guy was only really, like, a great coordinator when he had Matt LaFleur as a head coach with him. He has a defensive head coach this time, though. So, the offense is going to be all up to him, and I, I really don't know if I like that. I don't. I mean, the good, the silver lining is that defense I love. I do. And they're going to be, like, the Jets are still going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a good team, but uh, I don't, like, I don't know. Not the biggest fan ever. 
the defense I like, obviously, you know, you got John Franklin Myers, Jermaine Johnson, Will McDonald, Carl Lawson. Cool. That's great. Then you also got Quentin Williams. You know, the rest of the interior defensive line, not great, but hey. Then at linebacker, you got Quincy Williams, CJ Mosley. Okay, cool. You know, you got pieces. And then the secondary, of course, great. We know this. Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Chuck Clark, Jordan Whitehead. Okay, that's a good, that's a good defense. Overall, very good defense. Yeah, cool. I love that defense. I I don't know. Just the other teams that I look at that I have ahead of them, I just like more. I just like the other teams more. Sorry to break it to you. Now, my number 12, and I, I know people are going to hate that last take, but listen, they're, they're not. Just bringing in Rodgers doesn't make you like the best team ever. I'm sorry. That offense still has problems. And it's a head coach that lacks that lacks experience. It does. It's a coaching staff that lacks experience. And listen, I don't I don't even know how much I like any of their coaches, really. They got ta- a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. I'll give them that. But I'm not just gonna assume that this offense all of a sudden becomes electric because they brought in a quarterback that didn't lead that electric for on that electric of an offense last year. And Brees Hall's coming off an injury. I mean, they brought in Israel Obanacanda, so that's good. And I like him. And he'll play fine. But like they need they need playmakers besides Garrett Wilson. And I, I don't I don't think Aaron Rodgers is really a playmaker either. Not at his current age, bro. I mean in the regular season you're a little bit more willing to sling it. But once it gets into playoffs, he doesn't really do it. And Aaron Rodgers isn't coming off a great year. I keep saying it. But they needed, like, if this was Aaron Rodgers, like, if we could guarantee that he goes back to, like, the MVP state that we saw him when he won back-to-back MVPs, the second one he didn't really deserve, but whatever. If we could guarantee that he was going to play with that, I'd have them in the top ten. But last year he didn't do a great job elevating a below average supporting cast. And this year, I don't think he really has this amazing supporting cast either. I mean, it's better. The receiver core is better, but I I mean, it's not. You got Garrett Wilson. Assuming that Brees Hall can like recover from this injury and still be, you know, a very good running back, which is possible, but I doubt it. Then, yeah, but I, I can't just expect that. Listen, this is the lowest I could possibly have them. I'm not going to rank them below the Browns who I have behind them. Like, that wasn't going to happen. This is prob- This is definitely the lowest I could possibly have them and still be, like, legitimate. But I struggle to put them ahead of this. these other, like, very real contenders, such as my number 12, the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, too, I mean... They're not the best team on earth, but they got pieces. I mean, bringing Gilmore to that defense, oh boy. Bringing in Stephon Gilmore to that defense is just killer. Him and Trayvon Diggs? Him and Trayvon Diggs? Are you kidding me? They're going to tear people up. This cornerback duo is really just going to lock down people. It's going to do an amazing job of it. And that front seven, we all know that front seven's scary. And then you add Mozzie Smith to it, oh boy. And also throwing Brandon Cooks to that receiver core. 
like it a lot. I like it a lot. Him and CeeDee Lamb are going to tear it up. And they also have Dallas Michael Gallup, too. You know, they lost their tight end, which, you know, that sucks. That definitely does. You know, losing Dalton Schultz is definitely a big deal. That offensive line, I'm just going to keep assuming that it's going to step up. Or I'm just going to keep assuming that it's going to continue to be good until eventually, inevitably, the players start to decline. But right now, Zach Martin is still great. And when Tyron Smith is healthy, he's still great. But, you know, we don't know how, how much longer do they have, right? The tight end is obviously like a problem. They have Shoemaker, who's a great blocker, but I don't know. They also lost their offensive coordinator, so that's a big blow. But I mean, I like Mike McCarthy's offense a decent amount, I guess. McCarthy holds them back from being like the Jets have a higher ceiling, but I guess I just have the Jets all the way at their floor. And the Cowboys, their floor is pretty high because of all the talent they have. And McCarthy has playoff experience, and he has experience around the league. I think that's the big difference here. That's the big difference here. And the team has so much talent, man. Tony Pollard. And then they also got Deuce Vaughn. The receiver core, I went over how much I like that. Offensive line has been very, very consistent for years. That defense, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, I mean... Leighton Van Der Esch, Stephon Gilmore, Trayvon Diggs, Jerron Kears, and Donovan Wilson. I, I love it. I love it a lot. Cowboys got something going. Now, again, I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl team, and I think the Jets have a higher ceiling, but the Cowboys, they, they've been really consistent. I think that they're going to continue to be consistent. Just going to be another year. They make the playoffs lose very early, but still, they're guaranteed to do that. The Jets, I like to think that they're about guaranteed to do it, but they're not quite as guaranteed as the Cowboys. Now, again, the Jets have the higher ceiling. I will repeatedly say that, but the lack of playoff experience scares me a bit. The Lions are another team that lacks experience in the coaching staff. They do. I'm not going to deny that. They absolutely do. However, I look at how complete the Lions are, and then I'm going to keep comparing teams to the Jets because those are like the benchmark, right? The Lions are way more complete than the New York Jets. Way more complete. And because of that, the coaching staff has to make up for less. Detroit, I mean, you name the position. They at least have someone average there. And in most places, they have someone far above average. That's why they were able to draft the way that they did. Now, people hated their draft, but then you really look at it, and you're like, oh, yeah, what should they have drafted instead? They're so stacked, they could afford to draft Jameer Gibbs round one. They could afford to draft, you know, Jack Campbell, round one. They got Brian Branch. That's big. I'm just going to go over the defense first because that was a problem last year. But now I think they got a lot of pieces. Aiden Hutchinson. Another year of James Houston as a complimentary edge. Romeo Aquara, if James Houston doesn't take a step up. Aleem McNeil, I'm a big fan of him. On the interior linebackers, right? Alex Anzalone. That's who it was last year. This guy's like the field general for the team. And then Jack Campbell's the strong side linebacker. Love it. And the secondary was such a problem for them last year. What did they do? They added Cameron Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Oh, in case that wasn't enough, let's add Brian Branch there too. Are you fucking kidding me? 
I'm supposed to rank the Jets ahead of them? This defense, in terms of talent, isn't too far behind the Jets. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Difference is the Jets don't have quite the defensive coordinator, so it's going to be a little bit worse. But I look on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, you know what? Maybe they'll have Aaron Rodgers. They have Jared Goff. We know what Jared Goff is, but he's a good quarterback. He might not be the best quarterback in the world, but he's a good one. And they got the running back duo, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Jameer Gibbs is going to play a little bit of slot receiver and do a damn good job at it. Even with Jamison Williams suspended, I like their receiver core. Amon Ross St. Brown. Josh Reynolds is a really underrated guy. And Marvin Jones. Jamison Williams is going to come back, though, and they're going to be even more scary. Because this guy, I mean, he's a big play threat. He's a big, big play threat. Also, they got Khalif Raymond there, too. And then Sam Laporta. People hated that pick. Listen, I think Michael Mayer would have been a better pick. But I definitely like Laporta a lot. The versatility this guy has. His ability to play outside receiver if they need it. So let's say Jamison Williams is out and we want Laporta playing outside receiver. Oh, yeah, it works really well. Laporta, he has some drops. And you know what? He might not be the best blocker in the world, but he's a good one. I mean, he's a he gets the job done sometimes. Now, again. You don't want this guy just for him to block. I'm very aware of that. You want this guy so he could catch passes from every single position that you want a tight end to play. And that's what he does. He's the most versatile tight end I've seen in a very long time. And the offensive line. Listen, the difference is the offensive line. The Jets lacking. This is, I'm hoping, the last time I mentioned the Jets. The Jets lacking offensive line is what worries me. Detroit has the offensive line. You got Penny Sewell. You got Graham Glasgow. You got Frank Ragno. You got Jonah Jackson, and you got Taylor Decker. Come on. Come on. Are you kidding me? That's a great group. That's a great group. With David Montgomery running behind him? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Every second of the day, I love that. Now, again, the coaching staff worries me, but I do really like their offensive coordinator. He does a great job calling plays, and with someone like Jameer Gibbs, who could just make plays every play, on any given play, he'll just take a ball to a house. Yeah. I mean, it should be scary. And you can use him in so many different ways. It should be a really scary, scary offense to play against. Now we get into the top ten. The Miami Dolphins. Vic Fangio, a defensive coordinator. That's massive. Bring in Jalen Ramsey. Bring in David Long. Both of those are massive. The running game is lackluster. And the offensive line also isn't overly good outside of the offensive tackle. But they have fucking Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And they also brought in Braxton Berrios. Healthy Tua is a real difference. Tua, I think people forget just how good Tua is executing this offense. Listen, is Tua the best quarterback in the world? No, but you put him in this offense, there's very few other quarterbacks that could execute this offense to this level because there's very few other quarterbacks that have the quick release and the ability of Thomas Rose quite like Tua. The thing is for the Dolphins, it's going to be planning contingencies for when the common, you know, West Coast offense, just rhythm passing game is thrown off because that's what hurt them late last year. And then Tua went down and it went into shambles. That's what hurt them in the Chargers game. But let's say that they're able to, you know, kind of play off of that, play on scaring people that try and do that. Let's say they're really focused on trying to throw off timing by pressing Tyreek, you know, all that stuff. Okay, we're going to have Tyreek go deep. Now what? Are you still going to be pressing Tyreek Hill? Oh, wait, no, you're not. Okay, we're going to go back to our rhythm passing game. It's going to work really well. 
because Tua's great at that. And that's what this offense wants to do. And it's a really good scheme, and it works really well. And then bringing Vic Fangio on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. David Long bringing him in, too. I mean, that that's going to be scary, man. Jalen Ramsey, he might not be the same corner he once was, but he's still a good one. Love it. The Dolphins are going to be a real legit team. A team I think that's going to be slightly more legit. This is really my next tier of, like, Super Bowl contenders. And I know not many people have this team as, like, a Super Bowl contender, but I absolutely do. Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I know. That's a hot take. I really don't care. I look at this offense. First off, Geno Smith is a great quarterback. Last year, he was great. Last year, he was truly great. Last year's last year's season for him was definitely better than last year's season for Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying. <laughs> Again, he had a better supporting cast, so maybe take that with a bit of salt. But they, had, they already had an offense, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. You know, those were the receivers, but we need a third option. Oh, let's just draft Jackson Smith to Jigba, the best slot receiver in the draft class. And someone that could definitely definitely replicate the Cooper Cup role. Yeah, you know, let's just casually draft him. Oh, now our offense is really scary throwing the ball. But what about running it? We already have Ken Walker. Let's add Jack Charbonnet. Make it even more scary. And that offensive line's already great. Young and great. The problem was defensively run defense. You know, they, they struggled there. They definitely did. I'm not going to deny that. They definitely struggled, you know, defending the run, but they added Draymond Jones, brought Bobby Wagner back, who, by the way, Bobby Wagner gets too much respect nowadays, too much disrespect nowadays, right? I know he's old, and I know he's not really like a playmaker that he used to be, but he still plays his role, and he does his role really well, okay? He's someone that will hold his ground and make tackles if they get into the second level, and that's something you got to respect. He's a play cleaner upper. And then on the defensive line, with Draymond Jones, they got Cameron Young, someone that I love. I love that pick. Jaron Reed is the other defensive lineman. That's fine. Jordan Brooks uh, might not be ready for the season, and that hurts them a lot. But they brought back Jamal Adams. He's going to be healthy. That's big. He will really help them defend the run. He's a great run defending safety when fully healthy. Quandre Diggs is another safety of theirs. That's phenomenal. Tariq Wollen. And Devon Witherspoon as the two corners. Adding Devon Witherspoon as the other corner. Not only will that help them against the pass, obviously, but he's a really good run defender, too. I mean, this team's dangerous, man. This team is really dangerous. Especially that offense. I can't preach it enough just how scary it is that they have three receivers that attack you in different ways that are all phenomenal at attacking you in those different ways. If that receiver core stays fully healthy, they're killing it. They're killing it, man. Seattle should be a really scary team, and they're getting criminally underrated at the moment. My number eight is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, once you're able to look at the Ravens and say they have Lamar Jackson locked in, all of a sudden that team, you start to realize, oh, shit, they're amazing. The run offense should be a little bit worse, but they brought in Todd Munkin because they kind of knew that that was going to happen. And in the process of that, they also made the run offense a little bit worse. But he's going to help them pass the ball. He is. Rashad Bateman, OBJ, and Zay Flowers. That's a really scary receiver core. OBJ is still good. He just needs to stay healthy. And Zay Flowers was my wide receiver one in the draft class. I think he's a stud. 
Then you got Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely as the two tight ends and Charlie Kolar. Like that a lot. Lamar Jackson, we already know how great of a quarterback he is. Their running back room, I mean, eh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, eh, you know, that's a little bit not the best thing ever, but they keep in mind the fact that they're running behind the best blocking fullback in the NFL in Patrick Ricard. And then their offensive line consists of Ronnie Stanley, Ben Cleveland, Tyler Linderbaum, Kevin Zietler, and Morgan Moses. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that running game might not be quite as dynamic, but it's still going to be really, really damn good. And now they're going to have a passing game with it. Then the defense. We remember how great they were ever since they added Roquan Smith last year. Late last year, they were phenomenal. I think it's only a little bit better. They might have lost Chuck Clark, but hey, they still have Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams left left over, so it doesn't really matter. They lost Marcus Peters, but he wasn't too good anyway. Marlon Humphrey, Rocky Asin, and Jalen Armar Davis, love it. Their edge rush duo was a little bit underwhelming last year, but Ojabo's back from injury. He's basically having his rookie season with the team, and I think he's going to be a really, really big asset for them if he's able to recover from the injury well. Michael Pierce on the interior defensive line, along with Broderick Johnson and Justin Madubuki. Don't love it, but they also have Travis Jones, who I think was a freak athlete who was just overshadowed because he was in the same draft class as fucking Jordan Davis. Trenton Simpson, I love. I don't know how large of a role he's going to have this year, but if he does, if they find a way to incorporate him, which would be easy because he's so versatile, I think he'll definitely play his role really well. They also drafted Andrew Voorhees, who probably won't play a role this year, but he's going to be big for their future too. Overall, I just love what they did. Todd Munkin's going to be big for them. Then number seven, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to have their tackle issues to start the season, but besides that, it's really just going to be a great team. They brought in Anton Harrison to kind of help deal with those tackle issues, but because Cam Robinson is suspended, yeah, it's going to hurt a bit. Walker Little is their other offensive tackle for week one. He's going to be good. I expect him to be at least. I mean, they spent a high asset on him just for him to never start until now. So let's hope he can really get the job done. And then, of course, we already know everything else they have, right? We know they have Trevor Lawrence. We know they have Evan Ingram. And then, of course, Calvin Ridley coming back from suspension on this team. Yeah, I'm telling you, Calvin Ridley is going to be a big asset. He sounds very committed to have a big year. I believe he said he'll go for 1,400 yards which is insane. And you know what? This guy is phenomenal. This guy's an electric player. People forget he was a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL and then he got suspended. I expect him to jump right back on to being that caliber player because of how committed he sounds. And then defensively, they still have that good defensive line filled with underrated studs just like Roy Robertson Harris. And then they still have that linebacker core of Aluyakon and... The the interior defensive line, Devin Lloyd. I almost said defensive linebacker. Wow. Devin Lloyd, yeah, he's a big player for them. Their secondary is also very good. You know, they got a safety that I really like that also has a name that's escaping me right now. I need to look at the depth chart because I'm forgetting too many names. I know they have other good – you know, that's the thing. This defense is just too many – I know they're – they have good players, and everyone knows they have good players, but these names are, like, very generic, and none of them are, like, the biggest names ever, but they all are really establishing themselves as great players. Devon Hamilton was the other good defensive lineman that I was thinking of. Josh Allen, I almost forgot about him because, you know, they're just so set at linebacker. They have Josh Allen, 
Trevon Walker. Both those two are edges, but then they also have Oluyakon, Devin Lloyd, and then Tyson Campbell. That's who I was thinking of. And Darius Williams as the other corner. Then Rashawn Jenkins is a criminally underrated safety. I really like that defense. Not the best defense in the world, but I think it's a very, very good one. And that offense is going to be hella dynamic with Calvin Ridley and Kristen Kirk. Also, Jay Jones, too. And then I'm running back. They now have the new James Robinson for them, the real change-up pitch at running back from Travis Etienne, who is Tank Bigsby. I think he's going to fill that role very, very well. On to my number six team, I have the Chargers. Now, man, listen, I know that it seems like we say this every year, that they're a very, very good team, very talented. But this year, they brought in a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. I think he's going to really help them. Kellen Moore's really creative. I, I worry. I get worried too much. He gets too creative sometimes. But I still think him being creative is going to really help them. And then, of course, adding Quinn and Johnston. Listen, I, I was not high on Quinn and Johnston, but if there was a team he were to succeed on, it would be the Chargers, and he got drafted there. So look at that. And then you also got a healthy Rashawn Slater, Eric Hendricks on the defensive side of the ball. Overall, I really like what this Chargers team is going to be capable of doing. The question is, will they do it? And if they don't do it, then Brandon Staley gets fired. And again, Brandon Staley, I think he's a great coordinator, not a very good head coach. Kellen Moore being there on the offensive side of the ball is really going to help him focus more on the defensive side of the ball, and that will really, really benefit them. So the Chargers should be a really good team, in my opinion. Now into the top five. We have the Bills. Dalton Kincaid, adding him as like, he's basically the second receiver on that team. And I think he's going to kill it. A lot of people hate that pick. I love it. I actually do. He's not going to be replacing Dawson Knox. He's basically just going to be used as a second receiver. And I think Kincaid is really capable of doing that. And he's going to be really, really good at it. And then they also got to keep their safeties, which was big. The defense hopefully should stay healthy, and I think that will also be a big deal for them. And they also have Damian Harris. They threw him onto the running back room because why not? They lost Evan Singletary. Maybe Damian Harris will be a little bit better. And, of course, they drafted my boy Osiris Torrance. I wish he went to a more run-heavy team, but, hey, maybe he'll help them improve the running game, although that doesn't really seem like what they want to do. But when they do want to run the ball, he'll really help them do it, one. And then, two, he's a phenomenal pass blocker also. So, you know, he's going to be big for them. Last year, Josh Allen was getting pressured a lot. Quinn and Johnston, or sorry, not Quinn and Johnston, Osiris Torrance. Here I'm getting caught up late in this podcast. I've said so many names, so now I'm just getting, like, mixed up. Uh, but Osiris Torrance, he's going to really help them maybe not get he won't eradicate the pressure for them because he'll still be getting pressure from outside. But Osiris Torrance, he's a really, really reliable offensive guard in terms of pass protection. I also think he's a very dominant run blocker, but it's not like they're going to use that much. Still, though, big asset for them. Kincaid is a phenomenal receiver. He's going to really, really help them and help take pressure off Stefan Diggs because they haven't had like a second playmaker with Stefan Diggs. Now they do in Dalton Kincaid, who I think, yet again, absolute stud. Very versatile, too. So I think he's going to be big for them. They very clearly don't want to run the ball, which I'm upset about because they need a run game, but whatever. You can definitely win games nowadays only throwing the ball, really, or having a team only built to throw the ball because the run game just comes as a product of it. 
Now, on to my top four. We got the Philadelphia Eagles as my number four. Now, I know this team just lost the Super Bowl, but at the same time, they lost a lot over the offseason. They did. And I know they killed the draft, and that's going to benefit them in the future, but they lost their top two coordinators. And I know for a team like the 49ers, that doesn't matter much. A team like the Rams doesn't really get hurt by that. But listen, man. We don't know that Sariani is like that. We don't know that Sariani can just be like, oh, you took my defensive coordinator, you took my offensive coordinator, all right, I'll just bring two other guys in, and they'll kill it. Like, no, we don't know that. We don't. Some teams are like that. Maybe Sariani is like that. We'll see. This year will really tell us that. But that definitely hurts. That definitely does. And, I mean, losing Javon Hargrave, losing both their linebackers, TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. It hurts. It definitely hurts them. Losing Isaac Samalu, it hurts. And I know that they drafted death to replace those guys. We don't know that those guys are good yet. We don't. Right? So let's look. They lost both of their safeties. CJ Gardner-Johnson, who was like a safety nickel hybrid. And they also lost, uh, what the hell, Marcus Epps. There we go. I knew I would remember it. I've just said so many names now. I'm kind of, like, forgetting some. Uh, a little bit burnt out from this. And APs, I, I mean, oh, my God, whatever. They replaced them with Terrell Edmonds and Sidney Brown. We've seen Terrell Edmonds. He's been fine-ish, but we don't really know. He He's not a stud at all, but he's solid. He can start. Reed Blankenship, I like a decent amount, but I guess they like Sidney Brown more because I'm looking at the ESPN depth chart and they have Sidney Brown ahead of him. Okay, well, he's a rookie, right? So there's concern there. Their corners, they kept the starting two in James Bradbury and Darius Slay. But then slot corner, it's between Avante Maddox, Greedy Williams, Andre, Andre Chachery. Right? No, they haven't marked as a safety. Never mind. Zach McPherson is the other corner that they have. And then Kelly Ringo. Kelly Ringo, I don't really think he'll be a slot. He'd suck as a slot because I want him playing a lot of press coverage. Then they also lost, like I said, they lost both TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. They're getting replaced by Nicobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow. Nicobe Dean... He's going into his second year. He was a stud at Georgia, but he was coming off a big injury. We don't really know. We don't know. He could be good. He might not. I expect him to be good, but it's not a guarantee at all. Their defensive line, I mean, it's still killer. It's still killer, even without Javon Hargrave. They still have Jordan Davis replacing him, who, again, we don't know. He's going into his second year, but still, this guy's an animal. We didn't see him on the field much last year, but we know he's an animal. They drafted Jalen Carter to add even more depth to replace the depth player. That's now starting. They brought back Brandon Graham. They brought back Fletcher Cox. I mean, come on. Josh Sweat has the other edge. Okay. So it's still a great team. That's why they're still at four. But they're just concerned because of the players that that they lost. Cam Jurgens is now starting to replace Amalu. Should still work out really well. But again, we don't know. We don't know. 
and their running back room, they lost Miles Sanders. I really don't care because their running back room is still phenomenal. And running back is one of those positions you could just tell how good they are based on watching them. And, of course, they still have Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown as the two wide receivers. Their running back room, I didn't say any names. I'm sorry about that. DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, and Kenneth Gainwell. DeAndre Swift is going to be like that third down back for them. And Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell, they're going to be splitting like the bulk of the carries. And Rashad Penny always gets hurt. That's when Gainwell's really going to show. But still, I, I like it. They're still a very good team. Even if these guys don't step up, they're so good at some of the other areas. We all know how good Jalen Hurts is. So let's say that Nicobe Dean sucks. Okay, well, their defensive line is still going to be amazing. Oh, what's that? Jordan Davis sucked. Well, the rest of the defensive linemen are still amazing. Oh, what's that? Uh, Cam Jurgens, who we switched positions to guard to replace Isaiah Samalo. Uh, he sucks. Okay. We have four other stud offensive linemen. I mean, they're still going to be great. They are. It, it just is going to be a little bit of a drop-off because they lost their coordinators, and we're not sure about the other guys that are replacing TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, Marcus Epps. Like, we don't know. But they'll probably still be very good, and then they'll be the best team in the league if these guys play how we all expect. But we don't know. We get into the top three now with the 49ers, the number one-ranked NFC team here. The 49ers, listen, they... They just kill it. They lost to Miko Ryans. That's the big loss, but they just bring it. I mean, they lost Salah and then just replace it with Miko Ryans. Now they're going to lose to Miko Ryans and replace him with someone else that's amazing. That's what they always do. Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, frankly, that's the big weakness here. We don't know which of the two quarterbacks are going to start, but listen, if they start Trey Lance, that means he's better than Brock Purdy. If they start Brock Purdy, that's because he's better than Trey Lance. And Purdy, we already know what Purdy is. He's able to execute this offense, and that's all they need, something that can execute and not lose them games like Jimmy Garoppolo used to. Because you look at the rest of the team, they don't have the biggest playmaker at quarterback, although they might be able to have the biggest playmaker at quarterback if they start Trey Lance, which right now it seems like they don't really like him. But, I mean, the rest of the team is just amazing. It doesn't matter that Purdy isn't amazing. It doesn't matter that Purdy might not be ready for week one and Sam Darnold might be the starter. Because the rest of the team is just amazing in every way, shape, and form. I mean, you got Hufanga, who's phenomenal at safety, along with Tashawn Gibson, who's fine. Then you got the cornerback room with Traverius Ward, and then, yeah, no one really because they lost Emmanuel Mosley. So, you know, the secondary is a little bit more of a problem than I thought. But still, I mean, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, killer. That's phenomenal. And then the defensive line, Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and then they also have Javon Kinlaw inside. Oh, my goodness. You move Eric Armstead to the edge, complimentary to Nick Bosa, and then move Javon Kinlaw as the starting interior defensive lineman along with Javon Hargrave. That defensive line is the best starting four in the NFL, without a doubt. Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave on the same defensive line with Eric Armstead? And Javon Kinlaw himself is a great player, too. I mean, at least he's a very big one. That's amazing. And the offense, oh, my God, the offense. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. They don't have much depth beyond that, but still. George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, and then Trent Williams on the offensive line. They lost Mike McGlinchey, which is big. But still, I mean, just Shanahan does such a good job calling plays along with that. 
the defensive coordinator, we don't, I don't even know who it is. I'm going to be honest, but I know he's going to be a stud, whoever it is, because that's what always happens with the 49ers. Okay, that's what they keep doing. Shanahan has killed it with the offensive and defensive coordinator hirings. He always does. So that's why the 49ers, my dog is really like, he's really uncomfortable how he's sleeping. So he keeps moving around. I keep hearing like his, you know, collar jingle a little bit. Now we get into the top two. I'm just going to tell you both of them. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Chiefs. The Bengals just brought in Orlando Brown, and the Bengals are my number two. They brought in Orlando Brown, which obviously helps them a lot. And then, yeah, they lost Jesse Bates and they lost Von Bell, but they're replacing them with Nick Scott. And they also got Jordan Battle. Okay. And then the other safety, we already know for a fact, that's Daxton, Daxton Hill, who they drafted in the first round last year. They drafted Miles Murphy, too, who I don't see getting much playing time now, but I think they're going to replace either Trey Hendrickson or Sam Hubbard with him in the future. Kind of like what they did with Dax Hill. And how he replaced, I believe he's the Von Bell replacement, if I'm remembering correctly. Nick Scott and Jordan Battle are going to duke it out to replace Jordan or to replace uh, Jesse Bates. It might happen with Nick Scott, who I love. And if it doesn't happen, I mean, Jordan Battle, I think he's a very safe prospect. The rest of that defense, though, I mean, somehow they got to keep their defensive coordinator, who was amazing. Lou Anarumo. And then I, I don't love Zach Taylor, but they're so talented on offense with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow. And then, of course, Orlando Brown being on the offensive line there now. It's great. And then just the defense that they have. Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, BJ Hill, Trey Hendrickson, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, Shadobia Wuzier, Cam Taylor Britt, DJ Turner, Mike Hilton. Come on, man. That's not fair. It's too talented, and they have a great defensive coordinator, too. It's too damn talented. None of those guys are, like, the best player ever. None of them are even, like, the best in their position, but they're all amazing role players, and they all play their role fine. Well, they all play their role very well. None of them are, like, top, I don't really think any of those guys are top ten in their position. But they all play their role, and that's all Lou Anarumo asked them to do. Not a single one of those guys are a bad starter. Akeem Davis Gaither, Gaither, he's not very good. But besides him, every one, 10 out of 11 of their starters are average to above average. All right, and we all know how talented the offense is. And now on to the Chiefs. I know it's the boring pick, but it's the right one. They lost Biennemi. That's the big loss, 100%. But, I, I mean, listen, they threw on Rasheed Rice, who I love. Or not love, but I, I like him. He's he's a good receiver in my eyes, starting caliber player. I mean, like, wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver two I'm talking about. Has potential to be a wide receiver one, a damn good one. They brought back Jarek McKinnon, that room with Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Of course, Patrick Mahomes throwing them the ball and throwing Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice. Sky Moore hopefully, you know, takes a couple steps up this year. And then, of course, Travis Kelsey is getting the ball thrown to him by them. 
Donovan Smith at left tackle for them. I mean, he holds a lot, but I mean, when he's not holding, he's fine. Joe Thune, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Jawan Taylor on the offensive line. It should be good. Donovan Smith might hold a little bit too much, but, you know, he's still good when he's not doing that. And then their 4-3 defense led by Steve Spagnolo, George Carlaft as they have Chris Jones. I like Nick Bolton a lot, Drew Tranquil. And then at corner, they have Trent McDuffie, LeJerry Sneed. I like it. Jalen Watson, Justin Reed, and Brian Cook are the two safeties. It's just really hard to say you don't like the team that just won the Super Bowl last year. I don't think any team I don't think any team had a good enough offseason to dethrone them. Okay, because all the like top teams only really lost stuff during the offseason. I mean, I guess the Bengals gained stuff, but I don't know if it was enough. I really don't. And I, I just find it hard to say that the team that has a coach like Zach Taylor as the head coach is the number one. I, I really find it difficult. But, I, I mean, if I were to put any team at number one, it would probably be my number two, right? But, yeah, the Chiefs are my number one. I, I know it's a boring pick, but no team had a good enough offseason to dethrone them. It's just that simple. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Goal Line Podcast. If you want more content, check out at no huddle NFL on TikTok and Instagram. That is no huddle NFL with no capitals and no spaces. Also available on Twitter at no huddle NFL with an underscore at the end. That is again at no huddle NFL with an underscore at the end. I'll see you all next week.